And it's just interesting because, you know, in the last couple of years, we've had these themes. If you've tracked through, even in the podcast, you know, that we've talked about uh, for the woman who is waking up, right? For the woman who is about to be unleashed, the woman who is becoming fiercely present. These are like prophetic themes of seasons where it's this waking up to our lives. It's the um, the coming out of being apathetic, the coming out of being numb. And it's not just being unleashed into purpose and calling and these bigger projects in our lives or this life of intense prayer or, or Holy Spirit miracles, right? It's not just these big moments of ministry. It's also waking up to the parts of us that we feel like the little flame of who we were or who we are got snuffed out. It's about waking up the parts of us that we feel like um, we let go of that no longer served us in the midst of surviving. And it's where the, the Lord was saying in the very beginning, right? When he, when I asked him, you know, why did, when did I sacrifice silly for success? Thinking that maybe it was about success. It was about accomplishment. And the Lord said, no, no, it was sacrificing silly because you needed to survive. This broadcast is for the one who lost pieces of herself. Hey, hey, love. Welcome to For the One. Today's broadcast, as you have heard, is For the One who lost pieces of herself. It is time for some stories. (laughs) There's some episodes that are more uh, teaching based, you know, where we dive into scripture. There's other ones that are more me telling my life story. (laughs) This is one of those episodes. It feels very reminiscent to the one settling for less, um, which was early on when we um, first launched the podcast. So it feels feels very similar to that. We're going to go deep into the recesses of Laura's story and um, unpack some, yeah, some hopefully really profound <laughs> life-changing things here. So if you are new and you were referred to this podcast, someone gave it to you and was like, hey, you need to listen to this crazy girl. I am so honored that you're here. I am just blessed that you give me space in your ears and in your hearts. And I pray that this message really encourages you. I pray that you're the one that this is for. And um, and if the one listening is, uh, I don't want to say a lifer, but you've been here for a while, welcome back. It is so good to have you. And for all the people, I am Laura Dudek. I am the host of this beautiful podcast. I'm the founder of Ruach and Ember Women's Ministry here in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a pug mom, and I just love Jesus fiercely. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's for the women who are fiercely in love with Jesus and who just need that timely word of encouragement. And so if if this is you, you're the one who lost pieces of herself, man, you're, you're in good company because I am right there with you. This is my story, um, yeah. Of, of my journey of losing pieces of myself. So before we get into the broadcast, I want to invite you, I never do this, but you know, new season, new things, new adventures. Um, but I really want to take a moment to invite you um, to a couple things that we have going on within Ruach and Ember. And so we have been taking this 
bold new step forward, trying new things. We really felt like the Lord invited us in this season to go virtual which for a, a women's ministry that's been in person, we love our hospitality, just in-person events, just love people fiercely. Um, and we really felt like the Lord was saying, take that online, uh, take it virtual for women who are outside of the Cleveland area. So if you've been outside of the Cleveland area or in the Cleveland area, and it just hasn't worked out for you to come and you want to get involved and you want to experience one of our events, you can now do that online. So exciting. So we have two things that are happening right now. The first is our beautiful little mini course that we just released called Wildly Aware. And it's a three-stop journey, three assignments uh, to just help you wake up and to pay attention to your life. It comes straight from my life. It comes from my experience of being essentially a workaholic, (laughs) someone who was just very uh, driven and couldn't stop and really felt like I was hitting my, my head on the pillow at night and feeling wildly disconnected from my life and feeling like I couldn't stop. And so the Lord took me on this journey. He started me on this journey to slow down, to pay attention, and to see what he's doing every day. So if that resonates with you, you can go on to, um, I'll have it in the show notes. You can click and it'll take you to our little course platform. And it's only seven bucks. You get to encourage us. You get to support the ministry and you get blessed to start that journey to pay attention. The second thing that we have going on is a workshop our very first virtual workshop. Amen. We are so excited about this. We've been doing them in person for the past two years, and we have seen God show up in our midst with a small group of women who are on fire for the Lord. It's just really cool what happens in those spaces. So um, we have our first virtual workshop. It's called You Are a Leader, and it's really for the women who feel like they're called to, to ministry, if you will, that's outside of the church. Um, maybe you're feeling like, well, I'm a mom or I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a, um, I work in a business, you know, I'm a manager or I'm an engineer, I'm a teacher. And it feels like there's this disconnect between your faith, what you have on Sunday and your everyday life. And this whole workshop is about what does leadership look like in the kingdom of God? And the fact that you could be leading, um, 500 in a church, you could be leaving, leading five little, you know, middle schoolers on a regular basis, um, All of those are leadership positions, and the whole concept of the workshop is to help you practically work through that. Who am I? What am I called to do? Um, And what does my sphere of influence look like? So if that's something that you're, it's like piqued your interest, we have two live sessions coming up February 4th and February 21st. You can sign up. Again, it'll be in the show notes, um, and you can sign up. There's only 10 spots available for each of them, actually less at this point. But if you want to go sign up, um, first come, first serve, we would love to have you join us. You can take a look at it. And of course, invite your invite your friends. Let's just you know fill these things up. It's really exciting. Okay, so those are my little plugs to get involved because it's really exciting what's happening over here. So now on to you, love. So I was processing this message. This week was actually going to be a different message. And I felt this stop on my heart of like, okay, that's not the message for this week. And so I was just spending some time with the Lord and just asking him, you know, this whole season it has been about pay attention. Uh, don't just do things quickly. Slow down and, and hear what I'm saying. And so I was doing that this morning, actually. I was just taking some moments with the Lord and asking him, you know, what do you have? What do you what what do you want to tell these women who are listening? What does the one who is listening need to hear? And it was this reoccurring theme of feeling like we're living half-hearted. And we've talked a lot about that on this podcast. There's a 
gazillion in the past year episodes of what does it look like to be asleep? What does it look like to live apathetic and to feel numbed out? And I think that this is a side conversation to that where we're living these lives and we feel truly like we're only living with half of our hearts. And I don't know if you felt recently this feeling like you're going through life, you're going through your days and you're just not yourself. And it's, it's almost like I was thinking about this picture. Uh, I was, I was, I have heard of this analogy that when people lose a, a limb or when they lose a tooth or there was a pain there once, but now there's not a pain anymore. There's either like this phantom feeling that part of you should be there, but it's no longer there. So you feel like, you know, if you lose an arm, they have this feeling like there's like a phantom arm there. So it's not really existing, but they know they can sense that there's a presence there, if that makes sense. And even I had a, um, I had a cavity in the last couple of years, dun, 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 right? I had a cavity and there was pain there and I had to get it taken care of. So we had it filled, all of that beautiful stuff. And it was still really sensitive. And I went back to the dentist and I was like, I'm still having pain. I don't know, is it, is it not taken care of? And he said, no, it's a phantom pain because your body is thinking that there's something wrong, but there's nothing wrong because we took care of it. And I feel like that was the perfect picture for this, that um, I don't even know if you could really say, I know what's missing in myself. I couldn't tell you, oh, you know, I used to be like this. Maybe you could, you know, where I used to be like this or, you know, I used to be fun. I used to be lighthearted. I used to be creative, you know, in a, in a previous lifetime before kids or before the job, I was like this. Um, but I feel like it's even to the point that it's just this phantom part of you that you feel like is missing and you couldn't even really pinpoint what it is. You just know that living your life now feels like the grind. It feels exhausting because you're trying to keep up with who you are and it doesn't feel natural. It feels wonky. It feels like you're trying to force who you are in every context that you're in. And so I was going to say this podcast was for the one hiding pieces of herself. Maybe that's where you're at, but I feel like it's really for the one who lost pieces of herself because when you say lost it it implies that you don't even know there's there's this un- uncertainty there's this hiddenness even from yourself and maybe you're not intentionally hiding who you are maybe you're not intentionally putting off per- parts of your personality but you just really feel like man she got lost and i couldn't even pinpoint what got lost who got lost but i know that i'm not living fully who I am. And maybe life just feels less than because of that. Life just feels ho-hum. It feels one note. It feels kind of monochromatic. And when you really sit by yourself and think about your life in those moments where there's the brief moment of stillness, there's the moment in your car, there's the moment when you finally get that time to do your devotions, when you're sitting by your fire and you just think, is this, is this everything? Is this all that I am? I feel like there's something missing. I feel like there's a part of me that was missing today. And if that has been what you have been feeling lately, this episode, I pray, blesses you because I've been in that spot. And I feel like in the last couple of years, the Lord has taken me on this 
just beautiful healing journey through my own ministry. Don't you love that? When you're the fruit of your own ministry through Ruach and Ember, I feel like I'm waking up to myself and discovering parts of myself that were long forgotten and displaced. And I was thinking about this idea of fun in my life. And if you are just getting to know me, I am relatively serious, I could say. I mean, I'm I'm a hard worker. I'm tough. I'm resilient. I'm a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. Like I have this toughness about me and this seriousness, this deep, you know, I'm not going to go surface level. I'm just going to ask the hard questions. And, um, and so I have that part of me. But if you've been a close friend of mine, you've also seen this super goofy side <laughs> that I'm just a total weirdo. <laughs> and I, I've been seeing her come alive again. I've been seeing her come back to life. And, you know, my husband will tell you countless stories of how weird I am. This weird songs that I sing that make no sense at all about our pug. The weird dances I do whenever I do, whenever we launch a project or I write a book or something is cool that I do, I do a crab dance that is the most awkward, unattractive thing ever. And I love it. It's amazing, right? And I was thinking about this side of me that's been coming back to life in the last couple of years and reverse engineering my journey and where I was even just a couple of years ago, you know, before Ruach and Ember started. And I was asking the Lord, you know, where, where did I sacrifice silly, this fun part of myself? And the phrase like immediately that came to me was, why did I sacrifice silly for success, for perceived success? And the Lord took me back. So this is story time, right? So I'm from Buffalo, New York, and I've only been in Cleveland for about eight years now. And the Lord took me back to this time when I was in youth group and then when I worked at my church. So I worked at pretty big. I would say probably the second biggest church in Buffalo. It was a, it was a huge church and it was where I had most of my formative year, formative years in my faith. So we had started in a, a Catholic church. It was right down the street from us growing up. And then when I was in fourth grade, we moved to this other church and it was like non-denominational, holy cow. We actually like sing contemporary songs, holy cow, went to Sunday school. And that's when I started going to youth group. And it was wild. It was, we used to do the most insane challenges. Like we had a toilet bowl where we would actually put lemonade in a bucket and then we would put Tootsie Rolls in it to, you know, replicate certain parts of our life. <laughs> and it was, we had a Yo Mama night where we actually, they stole grocery carts and we would pull, we would actually like push our parents around. I mean, it was like the most wacky experience of my life. And before marriage, I my maiden name is Wokowiak, a good Wachowiak, Polish name. And because of that, my brother was called Wacky. I became Wack, and my sister, my younger sister, was Little Wack. So we were the Wack family. And yeah, it starts making emotional. What are you thinking about? It? Gosh, ladies, we're like 15 minutes into this thing, and I'm already getting emotional. And I just... I was a really kind of quiet kid. I was really creative. I was a little girl that had just like these bouncing, beautiful blonde curls, was just loved to dance, so free. And I kind of come a little bit serious, you know, as a middle schooler, um, kind of got not bullied, but made fun of a little bit for being a church girl. 
And so when I came to this youth group, this wild and crazy youth group, I started finding whack. And I really was insane. <laughs> like I was the girl that would do all the weirdest dances. I was crazy. I was fun. I just had this lightheartedness about me and that's where the name whack stuck. It became who I was. I just found myself in this like weird part of me that was always hidden. Then she finally found her space where she could be safe and she could come alive. And so in this whole series of years of youth group in, in high school, I became whack. And I started thinking about that, Lord, like, gosh, she was so much fun and she was serious. She was a great leader, but she was also really funny. And where did she go? Where did she, where did she get lost in all this? Um, and the phrase that really hit me was like the year whack died. And, you know, long story short, when I was in college, I ended up commuting to a local college and I got hired by my church. So I was an intern for a semester when I was a junior. And then I got hired on staff for my senior year of college. And I spent the entire year working with our middle school ministry because, of course, you hire the girl named Whack to work with your middle schoolers because she can match their energy, man. Like, I could keep up, you know? And so it was my first real leadership role, paid leadership role, as such a young woman trying to lead these middle schoolers, trying to lead a team of adults, and also maintaining the fact that, you know, I grew up in this context as Whack, as this crazy youth, and I think that the world's kind of collided in this space where, you know, we had a, a youth center. So we were one of the only churches. And I think even in, you know, many, many miles, I can't think of anything else in Buffalo like that, but we had a youth center. And so we attracted a lot of students. We, it was about fun. It was about, you know, discipleship and the Lord, but it was really about um, evangelism and, and outreach to bring people into the, from the community into the church. And so I took over this middle school ministry and I was really passionate about discipleship and really just passionate about, gosh, who knew, women's discipleship, young women's discipleship. So I kind of changed trajectory. I I'd still did the fun stuff, you know, like the toilet bowl and the yo mama night, but I also did really deep conversations and I would go deep with the discipleship component and asking hard questions and asking the deeper questions and Focusing on, okay, let's build up a few really solid students. And that shift, I don't want to say it wasn't well received, but it was a massive shift from where we had been, which was like crowds of hundreds of students. And in that time, in that year, I felt like I was drowning. It was looking back a time of turnover for many of the staff. So they were all the the staff that was for the for the youth center was actually being transferred into the big church. So all these people that had led me in middle school and high school and into my formative years were my bosses, but they were taking this next step in life. They were moving into other things in their life. And there was that disconnect where you kind of get stuck in the gap. You get stuck in the transition. And I felt that, you know, I'm this young girl who's never been in quote unquote, like real ministry before. And here I am trying to lead hundreds of middle school students, most of which are from the community, not saved, and just trying to figure that out. So I'm 
begging and I'm pleading for help. I'm asking, you know, can you get more volunteers? Can we have this Saturday night go better? Like, what can we do? I just need help. I need guidance. I don't know what I'm doing. And I feel like finishing out my senior year, I was so emotionally, spiritually, um, relationally tapped out. And as I'm processing this with the Lord, I felt like it was this phrase of like, you felt like you weren't being taken seriously. And I just immediately started crying of like, gosh, yeah, that's so true. You know, I felt like I was this young girl trying my best. And then here I am crying out for help and I'm crying to be taken seriously. Like, can you see the needs that I have and not just see me as whack, you know, not just see me as this fun, crazy person who's going to, you know, bring a ton of kids in. Can you see this other part of me? And I felt like ultimately I wasn't taken seriously. And because of that, I, I could drown. They could just let me drown. And so I felt so alone in the process. You know, I'm in this big, big building most days by myself trying to figure out how to do this thing called ministry. And I just felt like I was doing it alone. And it came down to this point. So this year that WAC died, um, it was really this slow fizzle of a little flame that was just getting like smaller and smaller and smaller, almost like the air was getting taken out of the room. My flame was getting lower and lower And it ultimately came down to one day in the spring, we were finishing up a, you know, semester of ministry. They were trying to figure out, okay, you know, Laura's been on for a year. What do we do next? And yeah, went into the office really, I don't know, burned out, but also hopeful that I could get the job, like I could stay on, that I could do more after I graduated. You know, I feel like a lot of kids when they graduate, they're thinking, I got the degree. Now, now I'm, now you're going to take me seriously. Now I'm prepared. Let's go do this thing. And I felt that I walked into this office. That's all concrete and with the weight of hope, but also burnout on my shoulders. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting with the two men who have raised me, who have trained me, who have believed in me. The one gentleman was the one that I saw first when I felt called to ministry. These men have weight in my life. They have seen me in life. They have done missions trips with me. They've called me up and called me out. And here I am sitting on this really uncomfortable chair, staring at these men. And I'm told, we're not going to have you back next year. We really thank you for what you did, but we're going to go in a different direction. They had me sign a letter that I was done, and I left. And that was the day that WAC died. I left that office, and it felt like the final snuff of who I was, the place that I found I found that I found whack, that I found a part of me that longed to be alive and awake. And it felt like you need to let her die. Because if you're ever going to be taken seriously, you need to be serious. And so I lived that. I went through this massive season of 
unrest and feeling like I was kind of walking through this wilderness of, you know, who am I? Where where do I belong? I it was an overhaul of my identity because I really felt like, man, who who am I if I'm not accepted in the seriousness of ministry that I was trying to cultivate and um I I wasn't accepted as whack then then who was I? And all of a sudden I felt like I had to be, if I wanted to be taken seriously, I had to be always be serious. I had to always be um, this, you know, mature, kind of stoic, um, deep person. Because fun, right? Fun, weird, quirky, wacky meant that I would be immature. It meant that, you know, I was ill-prepared or I was superficial, right? That I would just be that blonde or I would just be that person, right? Um, That I would be surface level or unimportant, that if I showed any type of quirkiness, lightheartedness, it meant that I was unimportant, unvaluable, and ultimately just like superficial, don't take me seriously. So I started showing up in especially ministry spaces um, as tough, right? Second degree black belt, I'm tough. I'm educated, you know, I got my MDiv, so I'm showing that, you know, I'm smart, I have something to bring to the table, I can say some stuff, right? Um, I was steady, that I could show up, that I could be unwavering, that I could be deep, right? That I could say the really deep thing that was thought-provoking, that people would stop and actually listen to me, that I had something to say, and ultimately that I had to be this like hardworking, high performer at all time. And if I wasn't on in excellence, then it wasn't good enough. Then it wasn't worthy of being noticed, valuable, of you know, coming to the table and saying, yeah, you have something of worth. And in this whole season of life after this point, I forgot this little girl who loved to have fun, the one who loved to be creative, the one who was weird, who liked to dance at the drop of a hat, and I ultimately just let whack go. And so we have, you know, I'm processing this this morning of like, okay, Lord, so I know when she died, but when, <laughs> when did she start coming back? When, when did I start feeling that it was okay for her to come back? And so we have, um, I get married and I feel like, you know, he's, my husband, Josh is, is amazing. And I felt like with him, I could, I could come back to life. I could just be myself I could be weird because he was kind of weird. Sorry, baby, you're definitely weird. And we could just be two weirdos together, but also really serious and really smart. And, you know, we're like go-getters. We're the, you know, Enneagram six and three. So we think we're the best couple in the world. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I felt like I was starting to wake up. I had permission. He gave me space to be myself. He gave me space to remember who I was. And he loved it. He loved my crab dance. And so I'm doing ministry, doing life, you know, realizing that I can be a little bit weird. It's okay. It's just kind of wading into the waters. I did self, you know, a, a journey of loving myself with the Lord. It's called Hello Love, all about redeeming self-love. So we did all of that and we're working on my confidence. And anyway, so I, I do this women's event. We come to this moment in 2018 where I do this women's event and I'm charted to do a breakout session and actually two breakout sessions and then the keynote on Saturday. Whew, it, was a, it was a big one, right? So I was ready for it. So I do the breakout sessions all about hearing God's voice, which in in that space was actually, I don't want to say it was a no-no. It wasn't a no-no. It was more not talked about. 
it wasn't ever really put out there as like, we're going to hear God's voice. So I was just, I was taking some, okay, Lord, we're going to, we're going to be faithful. We're going to say these things, you know, we're going to, we're going to press into how are we hearing your voice? How are we praying? You know, all of that. So do the breakout session. It was awesome. It was so amazing. And I am standing by my table afterwards and this woman comes up to me and she was like, that was really good. I'm like, oh, thank you. That's great. You know? And she says, but I, I didn't like your, your joke that you made about yourself. And at that point I was like, I don't know. I'm, I could have said anything who knows. Right. And she says, you know, you made a joke about your blonde hair and how you're like such a blonde. And she was like, I really don't like that. I really think that it was like self-deprecating and it, it was really impactful. Like she did not like the fact that, that I said this and old Laura would have thought, oh my gosh, I need to feel so ashamed. I need to go crawl in a hole. I need to repent, apologize. Like I just messed up the entire session. Oh my goodness. That one critique would have really weighed on me. And so I'm processing with the Lord and I'm deciding in that moment, like I'm not going to let this derail me. I'm not going to let this become this like weight on top of me. I need to process through this. So I take it to the Lord that day and I'm just asking him, you know, what do you say about this? Because I don't feel like it was self-deprecating. I feel like I just went through this whole journey of loving myself well. And I ask Jesus and he says, I love your humor. And he said, you have your humor like your dad, that it's kind of like kind of pokes at you a little bit. It's a jab, but it's a loving jab. And he was like, you're tough, you're resilient. And I just made you to be like him, like you have his sense of humor and I love it. And so I'm working through that. I'm like, yeah, I love my sense of humor. Like it's a little bit, you know, my dad and I are the ones that are, you know, poking at each other's muscles. Like we're constantly flexing at each other and, you know, making fun of our workouts and all that. It's like tough, but it's funny. And I'm like, okay, Lord, that's great. I love that. So I feel free from it. So I do my keynote and again, pushing the boundaries a little bit pushing, pushing the, uh, okay, Jesus, we're going to do ministry. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, okay, Lord, I have some specific things on my heart for specific women here to do like a little bit of prophetic ministry, uh, but wading into the waters very slowly. So I'm kind of freaking out, but I know this is a moment that I have to step into. I know that this is a moment that I have to take a leap of faith. So I, I take the leap of faith. I have words of knowledge that are just spot on, uh, women are crying. The, the like the Lord comes. It's the most beautiful moment. So amazing. So I have that, and then a couple weeks go by, and I meet with the woman who runs it, and she didn't like what happened. And there were a number of things that had happened that she just didn't understand. Um, it was nothing wrong. It was it was more of a conversation of like, how do you think it went? <laughs> I was like, I thought it went great. And it was like, oh, okay. But you're not really given anything. So you're kind of like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this. It is what it is. Okay, Jesus. But that's really what hit me. And it was interesting because I'm processing this, this moment and a time when I've got funny Laura and I've got serious Laura, like funny, quirky, kind of making a joke. And then there's this Laura who's taking a serious risk, taking a serious leap of faith and the two are coming together in this weekend and feeling like both kind of got shut down. And I'm processing this today and I'm like, gosh, Lord, you know, after that, I went into lockdown. Why did I go into lockdown? And I felt like he was saying, because 
both of you, both parts of you got shut down. You felt like both parts of you had to be locked down and you had to hide because neither points were okay. You couldn't be funny, that wasn't accepted, and you couldn't be serious because that wasn't accepted. And it was just really interesting looking at that because I spent the next six months running from my calling. So if you go back in the podcast, I have an episode called um, Running From Her Calling. And that was really inspired by this moment when I felt like I had taken six months. And even though I was doing ministry, I was starting the written retreat, I was creating this whole new community of women. On the outside, I looked like I was fully functioning, operating in my calling. But underneath, I was a scared little girl who was so afraid to do anything wrong. I was so afraid to be funny, to be myself, because that was shameful. I was, I was afraid to be serious, to operate in my gifts, to be a woman and all of that. There was just this breakdown in me where I was like, now I can't be anything. So I'm just going to be a shell of a person. And I'm going to make everybody happy. And that's what I have to do through my life. And so even though I was doing all this ministry, I was sectioning off my life where I was thinking, well, I can be funny with Josh or I can be funny with my family, but I have to be serious with these people, but not too serious. I can't be too prophetic. I can't be too hard hitting. I can't be too, too much in any of these places. So just kind of get through it. And, you know, if, if you make people happy and no one's upset with you, then you're good. So certain people got certain parts of who I was, but only a fraction of it. And so I have this moment. If you want the full context of the message, again, it's called for the one running from her call. And it was from first Kings 19. And it's this moment when which I kind of thought was funny because I actually preached on Elijah and the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 19, 18 and 19. And so I'm processing through this six months. We're, we're going back to like 2018. I'm processing the six months of like, why did I shut down? Why did I run? And the Lord took me to 1 Kings 19. And it's this point when Elijah kills all the prophets of Baal. He has a showdown. And you fast forward after that, and Jezebel is so mad that she threatens him and says, I'm, I'm going to kill you. What did you do? I'm going to kill you. And even though he just saw the magnificence of what God could do, he saw God's presence fall, even though he saw all of that, one woman's voice of, I will kill you, superimposed everything that he had just witnessed. And he literally runs away through the desert and he finds himself in this cave. And in this moment, and it's specifically 1 Kings 19, verse 9, Elijah is there and he's now spent 40 days and 40 nights in this desert, finding himself in the mountain and then in a cave. He's that terrified. And it says, the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He repeats it again. What are you doing here, Elijah? In that moment when I'm reading this, six months out from this really hard weekend, and I felt like the Lord was speaking to me direction, directly of like, Laura, what are you doing here? Why, why are you running scared? Why are you hiding yourself? Why are you um, just retreating into yourself? Because it wasn't just running from my calling, it was running from myself. 
it wasn't just running away from my responsibilities or running because I was doing all the things, right? I was still checking all the boxes. I was still doing what God called me to do. But in the midst of that, I was living half half hearted. It felt like a grind because I had to show up serious all the time. I had to show up as, you know, stoic, as dependable, as deep, as profound. I had to be, um, I had to be on point with everything that I said. And so I wasn't just hiding in the calling aspect of things. I was hiding from who I was. And I, I had this profound moment of, you need to stop running. You need to stop hiding. And in that season, 2018 was the start of Written Retreat, which morphed into Ruah and Ember. And I found this incredible women, these tribe of, of women who were willing to do the deep work, who were willing to say the hard things, to do the hard things with the Lord. And I felt myself facing some of the longest lasting, lasting demons in my life being a woman in ministry, doing ministry of the Holy Spirit, prophesying. And the last part of it was just being fun. Finding that I could be a woman of authority and I could be a woman who is strong and dependable, who is educated and deep, but also a woman who is really weird. <laughs> a, woman who, a woman who could be quirky. A woman who could be whack. And it's just interesting because, you know, in the last couple of years, we've had these themes. If you've tracked through, even in the podcast, you know, that we've talked about uh, for the woman who is waking up, right? For the woman who is about to be unleashed, the woman who is becoming fiercely present. These are like prophetic themes of seasons where it's this waking up to our lives. It's the, um, the coming out of being apathetic, the coming out of being numb. And it's not just being unleashed into purpose and calling and these bigger projects in our lives or this life of intense prayer or, or Holy Spirit miracles, right? It's not just these big moments of ministry. It's also waking up to the parts of us that we feel like the little flame of who we were or who we are got snuffed out. It's about waking up the parts of us that we feel like um, we let go of that no longer served us in the midst of surviving. And it's where the, the Lord was saying in the very beginning, right? When, he, when I asked him, you know, why did, when did I sacrifice silly for success? Thinking that maybe it was about success. It was about accomplishment. And the Lord said, no, no, it was sacrificing silly because you needed to survive. Because you felt like silly didn't serve your heart, your life. To just survive it. And I just want to ask you, like, what have you let go of? These parts of you that you let die. Gosh, you can even think of the moment when, like me, you're sitting in that office and you just know that was the day that she died. That was the day that I let her go. That was the day when I realized that that part of me would never serve where I'm going. And there's this lie that you've been believing that in order to live the life that you feel God calling you to or the places where you're called to have authority or influence, that there's parts of you that are unwelcome there. That if you actually bring them in, it would be like a big elephant in the room that would discount you, 
devalue you, make you seen in less as less valuable. I feel like this is a season, you know, we've been talking, like I said, about this waking up of becoming fiercely present, being unleashed. And I feel like, you know, if, if you want to operate fully in what God has for you and the calling that he has for you and the job that he has for you, the assignment that you've been called to right now, it's about waking up every part of you. It's about not living half-hearted anymore, half-personalityed anymore, any um, letting go of the creativity. It's about embracing the creativity. It's about embracing the fun. It's about embracing serious. Maybe you're on the flip-flop where you're like, I've always just embraced the weird side then because if I take myself seriously, then that means that I have the opportunity to be dismissed or said that it's not valuable or that I shouldn't be taken seriously. And so you've embraced this wild, fun side instead where you never You never take yourself seriously. And maybe the Lord is like, if you want to fully embrace what I have for you, for the assignment that's on your life, I've called all of you, not half of you, not part of you, not just this piece of you, not just the part that has the degree, not just the part that's quirky and can get people to laugh. I need all of you because I'm reminded of even what was said in the Garden of Eden when God said it was good. You are good. Not half of you. Not the serious part of you, not the part that serves people really well. All of you is good. This right now is is an invitation to, to brush the dust. Maybe it's not a kicking of the dust of like I'm getting rid of an entire season. This is just like a brushing, brushing the dust off of a part of you that was on the shelf for a really long time. Maybe it was that part of like the whack for me. That you're like, man, yeah, I forgot that she existed. I forgot that I was fun once. I forgot that I was, that I, I have my degree. I forgot that I'm really good at organizing. I forgot, gosh, that I, I'm a little weird. And it's just time to brush the dust. To make it new again. I feel like I'm discovering who I am all over again. And I'm not going to be 16-year-old whack anymore. I'm 36-year-old Laura. I'm a strong leader. I am confident. I feel like I've embraced my prophetic gift. Even this podcast is is a continual operation of faith. But at the same time as that strong leader, I could be wild and fun. And I felt like for me, maybe this blesses you, but I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, you need to hold both of, and not just both, there's many parts of me, but for the sake of this podcast, right? You need to hold the serious and the fun in two hands and they balance each other out. And it was this picture, we talk in Ruah and Ember all the time about upping the ante and going deep. That as we go deep with the Lord, that we also up the ante and expectation. And I felt like the Lord was saying that about, my personality that he's like, if you want to go really, really deep, you also need to be really, really light. And your humor, your funny comments that you make just draw people into this lightheartedness that to then do almost like this swan dive to go to deeper parts of themselves that they didn't realize they could go in. And while you have thought that life is just about hammering 
to go, you know, drilling to go deeper and deeper. And the harder you push, the deeper you get. It's actually like the more lighthearted you can be, the, the deeper the swan dive. And love, maybe you need to hear that today. That you've been grinding the pavement. You've been hitting the pavement hard to be serious, to be, um, to be a part of you that you think, well, this is going to get me to that next spot. Or maybe even with your children, right? That you think about, man, I have to be that, that, um, that hard headed mom. I have to be the, the dictator, right? In the, in the family. Cause I got to keep things on routine. I have to keep things scheduled. I have to keep order in this house. And that means I have to show up stern and I have to show up with a stoic face and, And maybe there's this other part of you where the Lord is like, no, it's not just about leading harder. Because as you become more lighthearted, you earn favor in ways that you couldn't by just being strict all the time. There's this beauty of ease, of gliding into our purpose, into our calling, and not feeling like we have to force it. I feel like the force happens because we're trying to be fully one part of ourselves and we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. And instead the Lord is like, no, in this season, there's just this beautiful balance where you discover parts of yourself that you hid away because you felt like they no longer served you. But in actuality, it's this missing piece to these other parts of your life. Your humor plugs into your seriousness. Your creativity plugs into your amazing administrative giftings. I made you and you are good. All of you is good. I don't know about you, but for me, whack has come back. In the last couple of years, I really feel like I'm just letting my wild soar. Even my friend Kirsten, who's part of the ministry, she's constantly encouraging me. And every time I kind of let some of the wild weird show, She's right there. She'll say, like, I love that you let people see you're weird. I love it. I love what I see behind closed doors with you and Josh. You're just crazy. She's like, I love that people finally get to see that because that's who you are. It doesn't discount my leadership. It makes me who I am. So, love, I don't know if you didn't just feel like you were hiding pieces of yourself, but you feel like you actually lost pieces of yourself in the midst of really hard seasons of life, you felt like, man, she just doesn't serve me anymore. I feel like it's time for her to wake up. It's time for her to come back. It's time for another debut of that part of you. And there is space to be that. You have space, right? It's January. You get to right? You get brand new you, all that, right? But in the best way possible, you have freedom in this moment to be like, you know what? I'm going to let, I'm going to let the fun come out. I'm going to let the serious come out. I'm going to let the creative come out. I'm going to step into this leadership role as fully who I am, embracing the everything that God has made me because it is all good. And if that's you, if, if this is where you're at and you're like, gosh, Laura, yeah, I want to start that journey or I'm on that journey and I, I want that encouragement, that fresh wind to, yeah, just, yeah, dust, like, yeah, that Holy Spirit, like dusting, brushing off of that dust. Um, if this is for you, I would say you could raise a hand, but we ain't in church. So if that's you, you could wave a hand and spiritually I'll be like, yep, amen, we got you. But um, if you want to 
direct message me, email me for the one, um, all spelled out at lauraduduck.com. It's all in the show notes. Um, if you want to let me know this is for you, I would really love that. If this is where you're at, where you're like, man, I've been living half-hearted and I've been living half personality and I forgot, gosh, that I had a part of me that wasn't there. I would love to hear your testimony. I would love to hear your story. Um, and this is your encouragement that all of you is needed. God has, he made you on purpose. And he didn't say, I made this part of you to be forgotten. He made you with intentionality. So I want to pray for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, Lord, I, I'm just so grateful for this, for this listener. Gosh, Lord, I'm so thankful that uh, you have opened her ears, his ears, Lord. I just, I just hear the phrase like coming back home. I feel like maybe you've been in this wandering season of almost like you're trying on all these different personalities or all these different facades, these uniforms, and everything feels a little bit clunky. Everything feels a little bit disjointed. And you feel like you walk into spaces and you're like, I don't even know who I am. It's like this chameleon in you where you, you couldn't really say who you really are. And maybe it's not to the degree that you don't entirely know, but it's like, man, it just doesn't feel like me. And Lord, I I just pray that you would minister in the way that only you do. Father, as, as their father, I pray that you would show them how you made them. If there are parts of you that you feel have died off, like even in my story, you're realizing that there's a part of you that died off. There's a part of you that you let go of. It's like the day that that whack died, you're remembering that in your own life. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would minister to that day. Father, that you would be in the midst of that memory Holy Spirit, that you would speak redemptive words. The words that were spoken or the situations that happened, Lord, that felt like a curse for that part of them. Jesus, that you would minister. That you would show them, Father, no, it, this it's good. It's good. And Father, I pray that there would be a, a maturation even in it, Lord, that again, it's not just saying like, oh, we need to go back to crazy 16-year-old, but We live presently, mature, developed, experienced, but with this part of us that you have made to be light, to be fun. Lord, I pray that you would just show them what is the redemptive side of of this word that was spoken over them this felt like a curse right or a situation that they felt like got you know just snuffed out who they were I just pray for redemption Jesus over it I pray that you would pinpoint exactly what it was Jesus that died Um, that it wouldn't just be an ambiguous like oh I know something happened or I feel less than less than myself um, Jesus but that you would pinpoint exactly what got lost 
even now, Jesus, just reveal what it was, like what got lost. Lord, we just ask her that you would minister in that moment. Gosh, Lord, if it's grief, it's if it's sadness, if it's feeling like you've lost years of being that person. Father, we just ask for a grace in this season to bring that part back to life, that it would be a coming back home. Coming back home to creativity, coming back home to being intelligent. I think of, it's really funny, but we're in the toddler season, so we're watching a lot of kids' movies. If you've seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and there's a point when the weather caster, she is very glammed up because she's from New York City, and she says all these really big words, but not intentionally. And then all of a sudden the main character, Flint, he's like, you're a nerd. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm not a nerd. I'm not a nerd. And he's like, no, you're a nerd. And there's this whole transformation that she goes from feeling that she had to be just this pretty face, forget about all of her intelligence to embracing, they go through a whole persona of like the glasses, the hair and the ponytail and a scrunchie, you know, um, before scrunchies were cool, you know? And there's this moment, this transformation where she actually gets to embrace everything that she is. And I just pray that over you, that there'd be this transformation to, to embrace the part of you that you felt like had to go to die. Whether it's this nerdy part of you, it's the fun part of you, it's the, um, the creative part of you, the adventurous part of you. We just pray for a fresh life over everything that you have made us to be, Jesus. We pray that this would be a new season of new grace to just be who we are. And in that, Lord, we pray that we would see this new favor that falls on our life, Lord, that we would see our families impacted and restored. We would see our um, our homes restored, our, our workplaces restored, that we would operate in gifts, Lord, that we never knew we could operate in before, Lord, that we would just see your kingdom come because we know that where you have placed us, there has been unique favor on our lives. And in the enemy's lie to tell us, no, no, that part of you has to die, he's actually been cutting off half of the battle plan. He's, he's literally removed an entire chunk of the map where he said, no, no, you don't need that anymore. And the Lord is like, no, I needed her humor. No, I needed her creativity. No, I needed her engineering ability. And I just feel like there's parts of the map that need to be filled in. And it's been part of your personality. And, and Lord, I just pray that there would be a redemption that it would be coming, like folded back in Jesus to your battle plan, where we see that there are parts of us that are the keys to kingdom abundance in the season that we're in for favor for the season that we're in. We thank you, Jesus, that you have equipped us to heal, that you have given us um, spaces to, to just be. We thank you, Jesus, for the fact that we are not lost. We are found. And as the prodigal son story goes, we come back home. We just thank you, Jesus, for this. We praise you, and it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. That was for the one who lost pieces of herself. I pray that it blessed you. If it did, I would just ask that you share it. If you if you could just take a few moments to rate, review, subscribe, and if it really did mean something, and if you feel like there's someone in your life that 
could resonate, if you would share this with them, that would be so amazing. Um, I just feel like, you know, every episode we're trying to find that one, we're trying to find the woman that this is for, and it might be for you and it might be for another one. So if you would share this, I would just be so honored. It would be so amazing. And rating, reviewing, subscribing, whether it's on YouTube, um, all, any of the pod, pod, podcast platforms, um, it just really helps. And it lets me know too that there's people listening and it's the most beautiful thing in the world to know that, that there's people on the other end of this broadcast. So I love you so much. So grateful for you and catch us next time because there are some beautiful, beautiful things coming up. So again, if you want to check out the resources, wildly aware, a journey to becoming fiercely present is now available. Check out the show notes and our upcoming workshop. You are a leader. You are a leader. And that's coming up February 4th. You can check it out in the show notes. Okay. Love you. Bye.